0: Welcome, everyone, to the O'aveh Torah. Daf Yom Shior. Tonight's shiur is Daf Kuf Yud We will begin on Kuf Yud Gimel on the bottom. We have five lines on the bottom, the two dots. Uh, this is a Pasuk, which is brought down in Yeshaya. It's talking about Sanhriv, Sanhriv, was a general of the king of kingdom of Ashur attacking Kali Yisrael in Jerusalem, and it says that they all all his soldiers ended up dying in one night. Over a hundred and eighty thousand soldiers were killed in one night, and the pasuk in describing the death says the Tahat kedor and underneath his kavod he caught he was a big big fire was. Was lit a fire, ki kodesh, like the flame of a fire. What does that mean? Tachat underneath his kavod. V'lo not, mash. not his actual honor. Now Rabbi Yochanan before had said that Kvodo my, my honorings are my clothing. So when we say, we, we, we're describing the death of these fellows, we're saying that beneath them, beneath the kavod, which means beneath the clothing, according to Rabbi Yochanan, was burnt, but the clothing stayed alive. A miracle that happened in other times also, where uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were thrown into the flames, and their clothing were burnt. Here, too, according to this statement, the people of Ashur's clothes were not burnt. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan would call his clothes the things that make me honor. He has different shal in the pasuk He says mamash." In place of the actual kavod, yani, used to be they were getting honored. Instead, they got burnt. Shmuel Nachman that's referring to the death of B'nei Aaron. Just like by Nadab and Abihu's deaths. They had been burnt, only the Neshama, but their bodies were not burnt. Their bodies were intact. Afghans, so to army was only Neshama burnt, but the, you couldn't see any marks on the bodies amar Rabbi ha baraba amar ribi yohanan we are now on daf kufyudal we nowadays you know the torah you know you have to change into different clothes to do a job name on pashat At and vas bigadim ahareim in pashat sav which is telling you the queen Gadol has to take off his clothes before he does tribat addition the
1: is when a person, when a kohen Adol or a kohen, could take out the ashes from the mizbeach. The
0: the clothes that you use to cook, don't use it to serve it to the king. Similarly, the clothes that the Kohen Gadol uses, take out the deshin, take out the ashes, don't use that
1: clothes. Those, don't use those clothes to make a korban in the Beit
0: So we're comparing bringing a cup of wine to bring a korban and cooking to taking out the ashes. Am a Abba, Am should not go out with patched shoes to the marketplace. If you can see that it's patched, don't go out But did go out with patched shoes. When we say it's not, you're not allowed to go out with patched shoes. It means double patched. Meaning, let's say you had a patch and the patch got ripped. Now you put a patch on the patch. That's what's suk, because it looks too. Shabby, but as long as it's only one patch, that is okay. <speaking in the language> idol, you see a piece of oil on his garment <speaking in the language> because people can look down on him. Whoever hates the Torah loves death, I don't, don't say those who hate me, Misinai, those who cause other people to hate me. So therefore, a, uh, the, the reason why uh, is because if they see him sloppy looking and dirty looking, they cause people to hate HaKadosh which is a very, very dangerous thing. Everyone has to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We only said it not talking about a stain, which is an oil stain, but rather a stain of zina. That's I People see that? It's Ibe. When you're talking about a, a glima, which is a shirt, no, one is, a, one is a, a robe and
1: one is a
0: shirt. So so if it's a, a, sorry, let me go back. When it's a shirt, then grease is a problem because people see it more. But when it's a a long garment, it's only a problem if it's a, if it's there. Hashem says, my servant Yeshayah went around naked. Now, of course, he didn't go around naked it must mean, when it says naked, it means his clothes were worn out, but not that he was actually naked.
1: Why was he barefoot? Because Hashem made him go. When we said he went barefoot, it means he went with uh, patch shoes.
0: We learned in Mishnah. If you have a saddle cloth, which has a piece of oil stain on it, it's chotetz. You can't dip it in the mikvah because the oil doesn't let the water get in. It's only if it's at least the side, uh, size of an Italian Easter coin. Otherwise, it's too small. It's not a chotetz. That's on a saddle cloth. If it's on the clothes, only on one side, but if it goes all the way through, even one side is a problem. So in summary, we have look at whether you need one
1: side or two sides to be a problem. Okay, it says the Gemara. i
0: never heard this. i heard a similar thing. Have you see what he says? If you have the garments of bana'in, builders, let's say, on one side, you shall board, or or of a an ignoramus, the guy who knows nothing, on the
1: on two sides. <laughs> The Gemara explains the Pasuk and says, My
0: Bana'in, what does it mean, Bina'in? A Tamil HaHamim is called a Binyan, a builder, because he's building the world. Without Tamil the world wouldn't exist. And therefore, when we said that the garment of Banaim means the garment of ha'am is more, uh, we're stricter even on one side because He's holding up the world. says, What type of Tamir will, are you able to show him a lost object and return to him if he says it's his? Meaning, normally, the guy has to give a siman. But if you have a Tamir he says it's his, you can give it to him. What kind of guy is that? al there's a guy who's makpid on his shirt to make sure nobody sees the seams inside. So therefore, most people in the old days weren't careful. They didn't care
1: what happened, they just put it on. But uh, Tamir Chacham was always careful and therefore you have to make sure. Like that, okay? He has to be
0: sure that he has his shirt on the right way. In the old days, people weren't so sure, but wasn't so, so careful with that. And they wouldn't mind wearing it inside out. But he would always make sure that the seams are not visible. What kind of could we appoint as a leader over the community? If you ask guy halakha and he can tell you wherever, what the halakha is, wherever it is. Then, even in Masechet which is not commonly learned, that would still, that would make the guy into a tamid haham, who you can make into a leader of the community. What kind of did the people of the city have to do the work for him, which means... It, sometimes, if a guy is a to be haham, that means that the people have to support him. Okay? It says, the guy who leaves his own stuff to take care of Torah things, that means that everyone else will take care of him. That's only to give him bread. Which means that you don't have to give him. Tons of money, just enough money to have bread. Because this guy is working for the community, but not more than that. Rabbi <speaking> Yohanan, <in Hebrew> anywhere and he knows it. make him the leader of the community. If he only knows one Masechet, then he could be the leader in his town. <speaking> in <Hebrew> if he knows the whole Torah, Then British Matifta will make him the head of the Matifta, which means a higher status.
1: Right.
0: Welcome everyone to the Ohev Torah Har Labanon Daf Yomi Shior. Tonight Shior Daf Kuf Yud Dalid, continuation. We ended off three lines down the wide lines. Reb Shimon Ben Lakish Omer, Elu Klim Haol Habaim Habayim Uh Welcome Shimshon, how are you? So we left off. Three lines down in the, four lines down in the wide lines on kufyu Dalin Amuralf. Reish Lakish Omer. You see it there? Four lines, four lines from what? Four lines down in the wider lines. Resh Lakish Omer. Omer. Okay. Okay. So we, we were discussing before that if you have, when you're dipping a, a garment in a mikveh, if it's got a stain on it, it could be chotetz. And if you have a beged of bina'in. Then it's chotits on one if you have an oil stain on one side, chotits. And if it's a if it's a ama then it has to be on both sides. So we 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 before we had said say what bonaim are now we're saying it's referring to what is this bona'im? Before we said they were hachamim because they build the world. Now we're saying these bona'im who have who a one sided stain is enough for, is actually referring to the, the garments of a bathhouse attendant. bath attendant. These guys have khashuv clothes that could absorb a lot of water when they leave the leave the the bathhouse. Okay. Now basically the clothes on these guys have to be um, very, very thick in order to be able to be used as towels. Okay? And they're very, very careful to make sure they're clean, and therefore even a small one is chotetz. As the chotets means it'll mess it up that you can't dip in the mikvah. The Memra de The Gemara is assuming that if these are like that, and you're very, very careful, they must be white. But we're going to bring a story about Rav Yanai which will show that the bathhouse attendants do not wear white clothes. Says the Gemara. The Amar Abiyanai Lebanah. Abiyanai told his sons. Banai, my sons, al-tik b'nein lo Don't bury me with white clothes. blo zrim, not black clothes. Livvenim, don't bury me with white clothes. Shem me lo Maybe I won't get to Ghanaden. And then if I'm Gehinam, and you bury me with white clothes, Ve- yeah. I'm going to look I'm going to look like a chatan among the avelim, which is the bad thing. Ve- right? Why don't, you, why don't you bury me with black ones? Because maybe I'll get to Gan Eden. And I'll be like a mourner among the chatanim from wearing black clothes in Gan Eden. Bury me with the Olyonim clothes, which is the clothes of a bathhouse attendance. Alma we see. We see that these are colored. Why? Because if they weren't colored or white or black, then it wouldn't fit in. So how can you tell me that they're very, very much mean? So we're assuming that they're white. They're not white. Lokasha. When we said that they that they're uh, when we said that it's not when it's colored, let's talk about the gleamy, that's the, the, the outside clothing, but the, the clothes they're wearing are white that's the under the underclothes are always white okay in the Mishnah we said that according to Bishmael you're allowed to fold clothing and you're allowed to set up the, the, the beds from Yom Kippur to Shabbat Right, and we also had a machloket whether between Rabbi Ishmael and Rabbi Akiva about whether the fats of the korbanot that were born that, that that were from the korbanot of Shabbat can be offered on Yom Kippur. So Rabbi Ishmael said that you could do it one way, which means if it's a Shabbat which is holier than Kippur, then you could offer those on Kippur but you can't offer the kippur ones on Shabbat. That was Rishmael. And Rishmael did all that either way, not one way or the other. Tanur Rabbi, we learned the in a brighter. It's, the pasuk says, Olat Shabbat B'Shabbato Al Olat HaTamid That's the pasuk in the parasha of Rosh Chodesh. And what do we learn? Olat Shabbat B'Shabbato Limeh, we learn Al Chalbe Shabbat Shagrimi Yom We learn that the fats that are left over from the korbanot of Shabbat can be offered on Yom Kippur. Now, how do you see that? Because, since Yom Kippur is also called Shabbat, so therefore, you could do one another. Shabbat b'shabbato, which means Yom Kippur Shabbat could be done Shabbato in a regular Shabbat. Yachol, you might have thunk after Yom Kippur Shabbat. If, if we're saying that they're equal, Maybe you could do a Yom Kippur and Shabbat also. No one lets that. This is in its Shabbat, which means you can only offer it to something that's a, a higher level of Kiddusha, Yom K- um sorry, a lower level of Kiddushah, when you're going from, Yom K- from Shabbat to Yom Kippur, but not the other way around. We had said before that Yom Kippur is not as holy as Shabbat because there's no mitah, it's only karet. Divneri Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Olat Shabbat al Shabbat, Tov. According to him, Olat Shabbat Shabbat teaches you that the fats of Shabbat can be offered on Yom Tov. Yom Tov is a lower level of Korban. Yachol Av Yom You might think also Kippur, but on only on its Shabbat. The Vav Bishabbato teaches you only on that Nan Yom Kippur. So each one learns Bishabbato his own way. Okay, so Rabbi Kiva is the strict one, and Rabbi Ishmael is the lenient one. says the Gimana, when you look into it deeply, according to Bishmael, you could. Or really, you'd be able to offer voluntary sacrifice like an neder on Yom Tov. Okay, that's what he he generally would hold. There's no reason why, he, according to him, he holds you can't. There's no reason why you can't do a on Yom Tov. So then, why we need a pasuk to say that you could do the cheliv on Yom Tov? You don't need it. So what's the pasuk coming to teach you? Yom Kippur. According to Rabbi Kiva, you can't do a nedarim yom tov. So then, what's the pasuk for? Teach you about yom tov. Okay, that's good. So everyone knows that there's a pasuk. Basically, it goes like this: Shimshim. According to Rabbi Ishmael, the first one, a there on a davar which is a voluntary one can be offered on the yom tov. So I don't need a pasuk to tell you that the, that the, the fats of Shabbat can be burned on yom tov. Because if you do a regular then of course, you do the, the, the chayav fats from the previous day. So then what's the pasuk coming to teach you? You can even do it on Yom Kippur. Now, that's according to Rabbi Ishmael. Rabbi Kiva holds that netherim that, and that cannot be done on on uh, Yom Tov. Therefore, the pasuk has to teach me the next level, which is that, that it could be done on Yom Tov. But no one teaches about Yom Kippur. Therefore, he says it can't be done on Yom Kippur. Amar Bizera. Is that clear?
1: Yeah, I got it. Thank
0: you. We're on the bottom of the page. Amar Bizira. Yeah,
1: no. Next page.
0: Ya Vina B Babel. When I was in Babel, Have Omar would say, Had itanya Yom Gibb Shekhaliop Erif Shabbat. Loyotokeen. There was a rule they used to do tikiot every edi of Shabbat before they go into Shabbat. Right? That was a general rule. Just like we have our siren. They used to have a thing that they used to do this every every end of Shabbat. Now, when Yom Kippur fell on a Friday, they wouldn't blow it. No, right? never happened to be on a Friday. It used to Right, be. because it's equal Kiddushah, so they don't they don't have to tell you that you have to raise the Kiddushah because it's the same Kiddushah. Or Moteh Shabbat, they wouldn't make Havdalah either. Meaning, if Kippur comes out Mose Shabbat, they don't make Havdalah. It's like a Tisha B'Av. Right. But Yom Kippur never happens to be on, on Friday or, on, or Sunday. Well, that's how it is in our calendar. But it did not always be like that, right? And it used now, to be those days? Yeah, could, they could have been before, before they set the calendar, of course. Hold on one second. If we are you, I would have said this statement that we don't blow when we don't do and everyone says that. When I came to, to Israel, he said that this opinion that says you don't blow when is only to be a kibah who holds that you can't put oh, on your kippur. Know. Right? If he holds that you could offer the khalif the of Shabbat on Kippur, right? Meaning, he holds, Rabbi holds that when Kippur follows Shabbat, you could offer the, the, the fats of Shabbat on Kippur. So if so, let's cast then why don't we blow when we're going into Shabbat? In order we should know that Yom Kippur is less holy than Shabbat. This way, the next year, when Yom Kippur falls on Mother Shabbat, they'll know that Yom Kippur is, is less less cool, is more is more lenient. Let me explain that clearer. Okay. Um Let me pause this a sec. Rabbi Ishmael, since he holds that you could offer the chalav of Shabbat on Kippur, so if he does that, then we should have to worry that next year we don't want we want people to know that Kippur is less holy than Shabbat, and that's why, and therefore. Hold on, let me get this clear. Therefore, therefore the next year when Kippur comes out on Mots Eshabat
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: They'll understand that Kippur is more cow, is more lenient, and you'll be able to offer the sacrifices. So in other words, if they blow this year, next year they won't blow. We're talking this year, is this year is a year when Friday falls Kippur, which you, like you said, doesn't happen. But Friday blows Kippur. We're gonna we're gonna blow going into shabbat so everyone's going to listen to the blowing they're going to say oh they're blowing oh because yeah because we're upping the kid from yom kippur to shabbat and then next year when you go from shabbat to kippur you'll know to offer the sacrifices Uh right so therefore it must be that the rabbi who said this statement is the rabbi who says is rabbi akiva who's the one who says that you can't offer the sacrifices from Shabbat, when you go from Shabbat to Kippur. Because if it was a he would say you should blow this year, so you should know next year. Was that clear?
1: No, I, I think I got it, yeah.
0: One more time. This year is Friday. don't Kippur is Friday. Right. And Friday goes into Shabbat. Which one's more powerful? Shabbat's more powerful. So you shouldn't, we said that you do not have to blow Shofar like the horn to remind everyone. Now, if the rabbi who wrote the Mishnah was Rabbi Ishmael, who says that you can offer the fats from Shabbat on the next day, Kippur, so then he would say this year we should blow because this year when it's Friday, we're going up Kidusha. And we have to announce that Shabbat is more Kedushah so that the next year when it falls out Yom Kippur on Saturday night, you'll, you won't blow shofar because you're going down. And yeah. you'll know that, oh, if we didn't blow shofar, then we could, if we didn't blow shofar, then we could offer the fats on the Mizbah. Okay? Uh, it got clearer, by the way. It just got oh,
1: clearer.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna it it's good, it's good. Now, that's what the rabbi said. I said back, he says, you don't need a blow shofar this year because to tell to tell the that they could offer fats. If you're telling regular people things, you have to tell them. But the Quanim are very quick and they always know the mitzvot and we don't have to blow Shofar to teach the Qohanim anything. Okay? <laughs> Is this a rule that Qohanim always know all the rules? I'll show you. They don't always know the rules. It says when it comes to blowing in that there's 21 blows in the Mishnah in, in in the Mikdash, and it says there's three blows et milacha to stop the people from doing milacha, and there's three tikiyot to stop ben chodesh right? right. to tell you that they became holy. Now, the fact that they do those things in the Mikdash sounds like they want to remind the Kohanim. So how could you answer me before? No, the Koranim is an izim, and that's the reason why we're not going to blow. No, we should blow. You see, we blow for Koranim. If we blow in the Mikdash, we're going for Koranim. Answer no. Kedamur Abayah. When we blew in the Mikdash those times, we're not blowing for the Koranim. We're blowing for the regular people. Just like Abayah said by Hilary. There's a fame famous story that they put... Hilani was a queen who put a beautiful minona in the Beit HaMikdash, an extra minona, which the people used to use which the people used to don't worry, don't worry. Which the, I don't know. Which the people used to use to remind them when to to remind them when to say Kriyat Shema in the morning. And the Gemara asked the question: Why do they have to remind them to out out in the morning with the with the sun reflecting on it? I thought the qanim always do shema before sunrise because they have to make sure they get the avodah done. And Abayi answered, "Yeah, you no, know, you know who rem- who remembers from the reflection? The rest of the people, not the qanim So just like Abaya says that the reflection of the menorah is for the rest of the people, not the qanim I'll tell you that the blowing in the Mekdash was for the rest of the people, not for the Karni. Good. Now, the Gemara says further. Why don't they blow when Yom Kippur is on a Friday? Why do they blow into Shabbat? This way, next year, the people, meaning the next year, when when the next year when when Yom Kippur falls out on Saturday night, and they do not blow, the people will know. Oh, it's Yom Kippur. Oh, now that it's Yom Kippur, I'm allowed to. Um, Shuck my vegetables on Yom Kippur because there's a rule different between Yom Kippur and Shabbat let me give you an explanation uh, on Yom Kippur the rabbis allowed a person to break his rimonim open to take the take the rimonim seeds out normally on Shabbat we wouldn't let you prepare rimonim for Motser Shabbat why? because it's preparing for after Shabbat Ay, so, for Shabbat. But on Yom Kippur, we allow you, once Mincha time comes, we allow you to open your Rimonim to eat that night. Why? Because we figure it's part of the oppressing yourself on Kippur is to have to see the food and not be able to eat it. Okay, that's a leniency of Kippur over Shabbat. Now, if it's true that we blow what in. In a year when Yom Kippur is on Friday, we blow in order that the people know next year, meaning when, it, when Yom, the next year when Yom Kippur will come out on motishabat the people have to know uh, a certain facts about that day. Last time we said, well, the people don't need to know because Kwanim was an so therefore the don't need to know to offer the facts. But there's other things that's not relevant to Kwanim. There's things that's relevant to people, which is like opening your Rimonim. And therefore, since on Yom Kippur, you're allowed to open your Im from Mincha. So we should blow the shofar. So this way, next year, when Yom Kippur comes out of Motse Shabbat, the people will realize that Yom Kippur is less holy than Shabbat. And they'll say, oh, now the Yom Kippur is less holy. I can open my Rimonim. So let's blow the shofar when Kippur arrives on a Friday into Shabbat. So the next year, when Kippur comes out of Motse Shabbat, they know, oh, this is Motse Shabbat. I can open my Rimonim. And it's not called Hachana like on Shabbat, what is says the Gemara, Yosef. Yosef says, We don't push away the problem of blowing the Shvut, the of blowing a shofar. We don't get rid of that problem and allow you to blow shofar in order to cause someone a heter. When something was Asuran Shabbat, and otherwise you might think it's going to be Asuran Kippurtu, Big deal. Let the guy think it's a It's not going to be a problem. When, when when you're going to be when you're going to make a mistake and do an avera, fine. But here, if, there's a, if we if you make a mistake, the only mistake you'll do is you'll treat Yom Kippur like Shabbat and you won't open your pomegranates at Mincha for Motzei Kippur. Big deal. So it's not Averah not to do it. We allow you to, but you don't have to, and therefore we don't won't blow the Shabbat in order to get, teach you there. Shisha bereid of even though the rabbis might let things, but they'll only let for something that's uh, 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 going to help you this year. But this business over here, which is only going to help you next year, that they're not going to help you for that. Do they allow you a close Shavuot? Even the coast they don't let. But now, Yom Tov, Shekhal, Liyot, and Shabbat, if Yom Tov falls down on Friday, Toki'in, they blow going into Shabbat, so you know that you're going up. Below, Mabdilin, and a Yom Tov, which going into Shabbat, they don't make Habdalah, so you don't think that it's not Shabbat. Motse Shabbat, if Yom Tov falls on Saturday night, Mabdilin, we do make Habdalah. Right? Mm hmm. We don't blow on Shabbat going into Yom Tov. Why? Because Shabbat is stricter, right? Why don't we blow when Yom Tov falls on Moteh Shabbat? In order that people should know that now you're allowed to Shecht. Because on Shabbat you're not allowed to Shecht, and now you can Shecht. Well, we go go back to Rashi's answer, which was the answer that we don't tell you a heter. Beautiful. And some say, Amar be Abba, Amar be If you don't give up, on Shabbat. You're not allowed to do on that day. You're not allowed to take apart your vegetables and your rimonim on that day for the night nighttime. So in other words, if Yom Kippur falls out on a Wednesday, so then on Wednesday, after the Ramadan, we'll let you open your pomegranates and take out the seeds. But when Yom Kippur falls out on Shabbat, we can't let you do that. Why? Because on, since it's also Shabbat, on Shabbat, you know how to do it. Amr Ramana says, Tanab, we learned to the brighter. Me nai in the Yom Kippur, Shachaliyah, Yom Bishabbat, Shasubim, Yom Kippur, Tabudomah, Shabbaton. Hasuk says, Shabbaton. Right? Shavut. You have to stop doing malacha. Lemai. What's it coming to teach you? If it's telling you that you can't pick vegetables, what's it, it means picking vegetables. Of course. We know that you can't do that. I must be talking about what's the case. talking about vegetables that are already picked and you're going to shuck them or you're going to take out the seeds. And that's what we see from here. And you're not allowed to do it if it falls on Shabbat. So that's all the opinion of Ravmana. So Ravmana is claiming from the bright that, that when Yom Kippur, you could get the vegetables ready from the afternoon, but not when it falls on Shabbat, then you can't. He disagrees. He holds that even if even when Yom Kippur falls on Shabbat, you can even do your pomegranates. I want to ask a question on him, on the TV, it says, <speaking in Hebrew> what can it come from? Ilam <speaking in Hebrew> Really more say, no, that's talking about Melacha. And that's coming to tell you. When we the reason why we told you an extra thing, even though you knew it already, it was already as sure. Why did you tell you again? to teach you that you when you do this abilah. Of plucking the vegetables off the ground, you do two averot, not just the regular averot, but also this extra averot. Shabaton and lotasikomalacha are both asse and lotasen that a guy is over when he picks the vegetable, but it's really talking about picking vegetables. Tanya, we have a bright that follows of Yochanan that you're that you yeah, are not allowed to take do it. Okay you to top of the page. You're allowed, you're allowed to do yelling. Yeah. You're allowed to take apart your pomegranates.
1: Oh, so it doesn't deal with the up.
0: idea of the muqsa, the pomegranate could be mukzah. Nothing alone doesn't say anything about on that. A pomegranate is not mukzah. Why can't you eat pomegranates? No, no, on Yom Kippur. Any food that you eat Oh, so the rabbi, it should have been mukzah, but the rabbis allow it because since you, you can't eat it, so there's, there's a certain trouble involved, and on Shabbat, on Yom Kippur, it says, You should oppress your soul. And you oppress your soul by seeing food and not being able to eat it more than not being around food. Uh okay. Okay. Now, yeah, how do you do these things? On Yom Kippur, you're allowed to pop nuts and you can open up your rimon, once a minchan ad, because it causes trouble when you do it. It causes you sorrow that in you know, opening you can't eat it. Yehuda By Rabbi Yehuda's house, they used to cut the cabbage on Yom, Yom Kippur like Rav said, you're allowed to do it. The Be'i Rava in Rav's house, they used to cut up squash. But when the people saw when they saw that the people were doing it too early, and you're only allowed to do these things from and on, and they were doing it from Shechit, so he lied to them and he told them that Reb sent a letter that you're not allowed to do it, in order that people should not go, come to the problem of doing it from Shechit in the morning. Okay. Never, never. Okay. So we'll, stop, we'll stop at okay? Thank you, Rabbi. We finished the parashah. Yes, We're a little behind. I'm, I, I, we, we're supposed to start this project today, but it's not the shim tomorrow. Okay.
1: Okay.
0: Thank you. Okay,